Welcome to Prophecy Countdown with author and pastor Kenneth Baer. Join us every week for the latest updates on what the Bible has to say about the events, the characters, and prophetic signs of the return of Jesus Christ and His coming kingdom. Make sure you not only subscribe, but like your favorite episodes and share it with your friends. Now, on with the broadcast. Welcome today to our podcast called Prophecy Countdown. I'm Pastor Ken with Faith Dialogue. We typically provide two updates each week to our video and audio channels called Prophecy Countdown. Now, today we're doing something a little different, and I'm calling this update a priest and a pastor, because this week I was the guest on a podcast hosted by a good friend of mine, a Catholic priest named Patrick Bykauskas. He lives in uh, St. Louis as a teacher there at the, at the uh, seminary. Pat and I have uh, been good friends for over 50 years. Uh, we were in fraternity brother. We were fraternity brothers together, Sigma News. Now, if that means uh, if, if you were Sigma Nu, you're always a Sigma Nu. Uh, when we attended Bradley University, uh, along with my wife. Now, interestingly, and likely no one would have seen this coming 50 years ago, Patrick and I both felt called to the ministry about 23 years ago. Pat has a podcast called Frank Fryer Fridays. Uh, you can pick it up on your local podcast, Frank Fryer Fridays, Weekly Reflections from a Dominican Friar. And he had me on uh, uh, this last Friday, and uh, I thought what would be fun is, is to pick up some of that uh, podcast uh, on, on my channel as well. Uh, Pat and I were recently at a gathering of some school chums, some fraternity brothers, and thought it would be fun to get together on the air as well. So uh, Pat was interested in my uh, take on Israel at war, and we have a good, you'll see we have a good number of conversations on that topic and a number of related faith-filled topics. So here we go with that podcast that aired on Friday. And, and, you know, and, and Pat, I think I know that you've as a priest, you've spent a lot of time at, at the bedside in hospice and, you know, with your parishioners. Mm -hmm. And as I have, in fact, our last ministry uh, was inside of a, um, a, a senior facility. You know, average age of our congregation was around 85. So, so we had the privilege of, of spending a lot of that last moments with people. Yeah. And, and unless unless you've been a part of it, you don't understand it. But it's a privilege. It's it is. It's really a privilege to be there. You know, the ministry changes from the person that's that's ill and on the last stages of the, of their earthly existence, and instead you start ministering to their family, uh, to their mm -hmm. to their children and grandchildren, and you you get to bring the gospel to them, and you get to yeah. give them an opportunity to understand that there's. There is an opportunity and hope uh, for in this life, and that hope is in Jesus. Yeah, you know, when I my very first ministry was in a hospice, the hospice of St. John of Jerusalem in Denver, Colorado, and you know, it wasn't even really that long ago. It was when I just started. It was in two thousand one, two thousand two. So what, twenty years ago? Yeah. But even twenty years ago, there was no in-home hospice care. All the hospice care that was being done back then was pre-standing hospices. Yeah. And that was my first ministry. I was going into hospice, accompanying people on their last days of life. Our average length of stay in the hospice was two weeks. Yeah. yeah. And I was so anxious about what I, here I wasn't ordained yet, you know, I hadn't had any theological training really per se, but it's all about accompaniment. It's all about being with them. It's yeah. nothing that I have to do. You have let the Holy Spirit work through you. And people are just so, so, so often afraid of being, 
feeling alone um, and they just want somebody with them. Yeah, it's usually there's, there's not questions that come up that are difficult to answer. It's no. typically the presence that's needed. Yeah, yeah. I remember walking in a, this w woman's room one day. I, uh, of course, I, I mean, a lot of my listeners know what I look like. Most of the time I have a white habit on. I have one on right now. And I walked in and she lit up. She said, and she said, are you an angel? And I said, oh, I said, oh, no, I'm so sorry. I'm, no, I'm just the chaplain here. And she was clearly disappointed. She thought she had made it, made it to heaven. It's the angel of death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ken, yeah. Um, even though is he's retired, he's still involved in ministry via electronic means. He's He has a podcast as well. Prophecy Countdown. Prophecy Countdown. You, yeah, just yeah. just like you, we find that there's all kinds of ways to minister to people. We started, yeah. you know, COVID really changed ministry. And so I'm sure mm -hmm. you found it changed in the Catholic churches as well. We, our yeah, church, absolutely. of course, embraced, you know, video and audio uh, ministry. We were on, you know, our our Sunday services premiered on, on YouTube. And uh, that started the ball rolling. But we found that there was a number of people that... Uh, that we were ministering to online. And uh, so we've, we've continued that. We've continued that over the last few months. And, and uh, Prophecy Countdown is, is kind of coming from my, uh, oh, I guess my ministry now, which is talking about uh, the second coming of Jesus Christ and, and what the Bible has to say about that time. And as you can imagine with what's going on in Israel, it's become a hot topic. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to talk to you about that because, of course, I don't remember when the last time we saw each other. Um, it's been quite a while. It's been too long. But we were. Well, actually, Chicago back. at Joey's. Yeah, at Joey's. Yeah. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, what um, I was, you know, in talking to you. Um, yeah. What am I thinking? Of course, we saw you at Joey's. Um, the the. Uh, experience that you've been having with the prophecy countdown, yeah, uh, in in light now of the the um, violence in the the Gaza Gaza Strip, how is it? How have people been responding to you, and what questions have come up um, for you and among your those to whom you're ministering? Yeah, it's a great question, Patrick. Uh, one of the one of the first questions is: Is this something that the Bible foretells? And, you know, the obvious answer to that is Jesus said, you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. And but then he says, let not your heart be troubled. No, those things happen. I mean, there's it's difficult to say that this war is much different than any other war. But at the same time, it's Israel. It's Israel. And mm -hmm. and, you know, for for thousands of years, we've had prophecies in the Old Testament that God would you know, regather his people from all the countries and bring him into the land of Israel. And, and, and people said, well, how could that happen? How could that happen? But May 14th, 1948, it happened and the nation mm -hmm. was born. And, and I think that, I think that kind of is a, is a sign to a lot of people. You don't have to, you don't have to be a dispensationalist. You don't have to believe in, you know, a, 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 a God's promised people and a plan for them at the end of the age. You don't have to take the Bible literally to all of us understand that that's, that's something that hasn't happened before. That's something very, very special. So we know that God's behind everything that happens. God's sovereign. Uh, so that's kind of where the questions begin. What does the Bible have to say about 
what's going on in Israel? And is there a plan? What's is this this kind of fit into some kind of end time scenario? The thing that I always um, felt that you know is underlying in these questions. Uh, and in all of these sort of apocalyptic movies that you see in depiction, the, pic- the depictions of the, what the end times might look like, is this real fear? Yeah. And if if heaven is what we think heaven is, and I talked about it last week in my podcast, should there be some more positive slant to these questions that people have about the end times, about where we are? ultimately all destined to yeah yeah no that's a that's that's a great point um and it's one of the things i try to always include when i talk about prophecy is i say now remember the apostle paul who talked about the end times more than anywhere else in the new testament he called it the blessed hope it's it's something to encourage each other which means that as you talked about in your prophecy and your uh, your podcast last week on on you know a glimpse of heaven using the banquet um it, it's something that we've been invited to this is something that we mm-hmm. need to look forward to it's a, it's a, it's an honor and and there's an opportunity for us to embrace what god has in store for us and and you know there's a lot of hope there so that's one of the things we want to do and that's one of the things i like about prophecy is that prophecy takes us to the bible and it includes the prophecies even of the first coming of jesus christ and mm-hmm. and when we realize that all of those prophecies of Jesus coming on a on a colt in Jerusalem on Palm Sunday and being born of a virgin and being born in Bethlehem, those were all fulfilled. Well, there's almost three times as many prophecies on the second coming, and it should give us hope that that God's in control. Sometimes we look at the world and we don't think anybody's in charge, but God's definitely still on the throne. Yeah. What, how, how do you respond to the people? You know, of course, it's, um, you, were, you were raised Catholic. Yes. I love that background. Yeah, my mom, my mom and dad <laughs> stayed Catholic. And, and uh, you know, I, I, did my mom's, I did my mom's memorial service, you know, but my yeah, mom uh, yeah. considered herself Catholic until, uh, until she died. And that was, yeah. uh, that was a proud legacy for me. Yeah, absolutely. That's great to hear. Well, you know, I don't think it's it, it's it's different in, in the the um, the Protestant tradition that we have this you know, the, sort of a whole wing of theology called theodicy. Why right. does why do bad things happen uh-huh. to good people? And I've been having this question come up uh, in conversations that I've had with some you know some of the students here, in trying to to sort that out. You know, how, how is it that these um, horrific things that we see happening in the Middle East. How 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 can it how can how do we make sense of that? Yeah, how do we yeah. make sense of it that we have a God that loves us so much, um, and still we see these tragedies occur hmm. over faith. You know, that's, you know, when you come down to it, all these things that we see that are occurring right now in the Middle East are involving the sons of sons and daughters of Abraham. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that's that's been the spoiler, I think, through the ages uh, when when people 
um, have difficulty in their lives. It doesn't even have to be bombings and, and murders, but just some difficulty in their life. And they mm-hmm. start losing faith and confidence in a God. And they kind of wonder, why would God permit that? You know, through the, through the Holocaust, there were six million Jews that were killed. And it wasn't just those six million. It was the rest of the Jews, the, the vast majority of them lost their faith. They just lost their faith. Even when when Israel was founded in 1948, David Ben-Gurion and Moshe Dayan and, and you know, some of these these leaders that, that the patriarchs of the modern day uh, nation of Israel, um, they were Jewish. But at the same time, they were agnostic or atheist. Mm-hmm. They, they had I lost they had lost their faith. They had lost their faith. Uh-huh. You know, even even today, and this is one of the scriptures I share, is that, you know, Ezekiel chapter 30, and I don't want to quote a lot of scripture, but Ezekiel chapter yeah. 36, it's one of the prophecies where God says, I'll, I'll, I'll take you from among the nations and gather in all of the countries and bring you into the land. And then it says this, it says, I will take you from among the nations, gather you into your countries, and I will put a new heart and a new spirit mm. within you. I'll take the, your heart That's of stone and heart. replace it with a stone of flesh. Well, here's the thing. That hasn't happened yet. The, mm-hmm. the people in, in Israel, the Palestinians, as well as the Jews, they still need Jesus. That hasn't happened. So that's we, we might we might even if you believe in the fulfillment of prophecy and the regathering of the nations um, or regathering of Israel, that hasn't happened yet. And, and see, that's the thing is that bad things do happen to people. I mean, all of us have suffered some kind of tragedy. All of us have had prayers that haven't been answered. At least we don't think they've been yeah. answered. But. But our hope is not in this world, you know, it's <laughs> it's the, you know, one of I can't remember who it was when my one of the I think it was David Jeremiah or something. I can't remember who it was one of the guys I like to listen to on uh, on TV. And he was saying he said one of the things that that people have to understand is that is that people that have everything going for them and it seems like, you know, everything's going great for them, but they don't know God um, is that you have to understand that's the best it's ever going to be for them. Mm-hmm. that's the best it's going to be for them. But for those of us that know Jesus Christ, this is the worst it's going to be because yeah. everything that's promised to us is, is amazing. As you were talking about on your podcast last week, the mm-hmm. new heaven and the new earth. I mean, I mean, it's glorious and it's eternal. And, and that's the hope that we have is, is yeah. th- this next life. Yeah. You know, I have just, had two people that I've become close to here in St. Louis die within the last 10 days. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not presiding at the funeral on, on Saturday, but I'm, I'm going to celebrate it. And I did celebrate the other funeral. Um, so it's uh, Terry Meehan and, 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 uh, and, and Ginny Hurtman. And and I and I've been very. It's been a great blessing to accompany them in these last. And they they actually know each other, um, but you know, but not like it's best friends. But they they're yeah. it's a small town city. St. Louis is for a city. It's really a small town, especially in the Catholic world. And I've been very blessed to, to accompany them. And you know, with even with both of them, and it's the same thing I saw in, in hospices as well. That although there, with both of them, there was may, maybe a lot of anxiety a couple months ago when it got down to the last weeks and then days, there was a great peace yeah. that settled on them. And as as hard as it is for us to say goodbye, and I don't and I don't want to be tried about it, you know, we because we always say, well, they're in a better place. Well, they are, 
But it's hard for us to accept that as the, the people that have to say goodbye. Yeah. We want to, we want to hold on to them. Um, we want them to be, to be with us. Yeah. Um, no, you're right. And, the apostle Paul said we weep, but we don't weep like those that have no hope. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a different discomfort we have. It's a different sorrow that we experience uh, when we lose a loved one, especially when we know that they're going to yeah. be in the arms of the Lord. Yeah. Well, and you brought up another point that is so prevalent in my own ministry is that, you know, when people come to the sacrament of reconciliation with me and they'll confess um, jealousy or envy uh, over what someone else has, and they'll see somebody very successful and a, and a great job and a beautiful family and all maybe a big house and a boat and a whatever, you know. Yeah. However, we in a, in, a, in a very materialistic way might look at them and be envious and jealous. I said, you know, but only God can see into our hearts. We have no idea what other challenges that they may be having. Maybe they don't, but yeah. still, those are not the things that we measure, use to measure. Well, we do. We it, It's something that we need to be careful about, though. Is that really what we do uh, in in measuring how how we're we're experiencing the happiness and joy that God desires for each of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You know, we um this last um this last mega millions or Powerball, whatever it was. You know, it, yeah, I think last week it got up to like one point seven billion dollars. Yeah, and whoever won it, I pray for them because yeah. that that's gonna ruin that can ruin your life. In fact, mm -hmm. the surveys have shown that typically lottery winners their lives are ruined. You know, they can't, yeah. they can't handle that kind of wealth. They immediately turn to material things and it splits family. And, you know, it's just, oh my goodness, I'd, I'd rather do without it, you know, and yeah. have, and have the peace of a simple life rather than having all that, all that exposure and all of that, you know, it's, it's the love of money. That's the root of all evil. You know, it isn't the money itself, but people start loving that and it's not good. It's not good for you. Yeah. What what did you? I don't want you to pitch you pit you against your your fellow ministers in the Protestant <laughs> world, but you know there is this there's a there's a sort of a uh, contingent out there. Uh, uh, maybe that's the best way I could put it. That that preach this gospel of prosperity. Yes. Um, yeah. And um, how often is it something that you would encounter in your own ministry? Is it is how do you address that challenge when you hear uh, the or you know you see the you know the the real popularity of some of these ministers in in preaching a gospel that's yeah well, I'll leave it at that full I'll of prosperity well I think there's I think there's two things that we try to recognize number one Paul talked about you know some preach the gospel you know out of vain and for their own good but then Paul says but I still rejoice that the gospel is being preached. So, th mm -hmm. so the first thing is when it comes to somebody that's accused of being a prosperity preacher, they're put in that category, even they raise their hand and agree to it, is that I'm at least going to rejoice to the fact that they talk about Jesus and understand yeah. what it yeah. means to be a Christian and understand that Jesus is the way. He's, he said he was the way. He said he was the son of God. He died on the cross for their sins. So to that extent, I, I appreciate it. But and then at the same time, 
when you when you identify that it's it's giving in order to gain because that's typically what prosperity preaching is prosperity preaching is all about well the more i give to your ministry you know put money in the basket or give to your ministry the more i gain well we never give to get i mean giving mm-hmm. is is out of the heart and all we're doing is returning what rightfully belongs to god anyway so it's just it's just one of the many uh, false doctrines <laughs> that mm-hmm. happens in churches. I mean, that's why we've got a church in every corner, right? Because somebody's got a different mm-hmm. idea about something, whatever it is, how you do how you do baptisms or how you do communion or whether you call them priests or pastors or whether women are allowed to minister or sit in the back. We've all got our own slant, and their slant happens to be this give to get. And it's, it's not good, but it's probably no worse than some of the other false teachings that are out there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, you know, it, it came up in, in a, a couple of conversations I had last week. I was in Denver, and it's a big event that we've been having for years to raise money for our novitiate, the place where we yeah. uh, men begin their their journey of religious formation, and it is in Denver. And the whole purpose was for it to to of this foundation was to to raise money to build this novitiate. And thanks be to God, it's been built. So it was kind of the last the the swan song for this foundation. And there were some very very wealthy people that were that were part of that, and they were talk. One of them was talking to me and. She's and she's she's very rich, very rich. Yeah. I'm not going to mention her name because it's a very well-known name nationally, and, and a lovely woman and a and a really faithful woman. And she, you know, is talking about you know, is it bad to be rich? And I said, well, you know, there's you know, she and she brings up the rich young man. I said, well, you know, the thing is, is that what kind of relationship did he have with his wealth? That was the issue. Because when you look at Zacchaeus, who we know was a rich man by right. the way that he dressed and the, in his work, but he had a, he had a different relationship yeah, yeah. with his wealth. So I, you know, ask anybody, you know, is what is your own relationship with with the what what you have? Because that's what you know. Our message is, and you and you just stated it as well. We're all stewards of the things that we have. We're not supposed to, to hoard them. That's a sin. Right. We're supposed to recognize that everything that we've received is a gift from God. And and then how do we how do we Yeah, no, you exactly that right. out? You know, you, you you started off this whole podcast with a prayer about with Palestine and with Israel. And we have to understand as Americans, you know, <laughs> it's difficult not to consider us all rich. You know, we are definitely mm-hmm. in the whether it's top 1% or 2%. I mean, most people have cars and TVs and cell phones. And, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I've never missed a meal, you know. And yeah, uh, yeah. I wouldn't consider myself rich. But I think uh, when you take a look at it from a world perspective, uh, we are. And mm-hmm. if we recognize that, that means there are, is a responsibility that we have to make sure that we are, are generous on every occasion. Um, so, yeah, I think. But I do think it's it's I think. I think there is a bigger uh, obligation. I think people that really have a lot of money, I think it's it's challenging for them to try to understand what they're going to do with it. I mean, just just think about. Let's just say we have children and we have very very amount a huge amount of wealth. 
what are we going to do for our children? Do you realize that that second generation, I mean, that's not good for them mm-hmm. to inherit that kind of wealth. Um, there's a number of very wealthy people that have decided to leave very little to their children because yeah. it, they don't want to spoil them. They don't want to put them in that category that they have everything they want and they can kind of rule over others. Yeah. So, so it is a challenge. It is a challenge. Yeah, it is. Well, Ken, it's been great chatting with you today i let's do it again i think so i think so too carol my wife as you mentioned my lovely wife who and and, you know she's just as much a friend of of yours as i am i mean she she loved all of my fraternity brothers and uh and uh we we all knew each other so well brothers and sisters but but she was saying she said you know you and patrick ought to get together and re and redo that uh that uh priest and pastor podcast you i would do one together (laughs) <laughs> I, I like it and I tell said, well, Carol I, yeah I'll tell Carol I said well you know we'll see how this one goes but yeah, it would, it would yeah. be fun it would be fun it's just a little yeah. bit more theological but I think we could pull it yeah. off because what I hear your heart is is that my goodness you know in fact our our statement of faith on our website is the Nicene Creed and we, inten- mm-hmm. and we intentionally do that because right. the Nicene Creed is 1700 years old and it, yeah. and it talks, and, and two thirds of it is about Jesus. And, and we mm-hmm. don't need to separate based right. on small doctrinal issues. I, right. I, I, I was serious when I mentioned about, I love my Catholic background. Yeah. It was a great background. I went to Catholic school. Those nuns taught me so much about Jesus, yeah. you know, and, and yeah, I got hit by a couple of flying erasers a few times, but it was, it was good for <laughs> me. <you know? laughs> it, was, yeah. it was good for me. So, so that was a well, great you know, foundation for me. Yeah. Well, you know, Ken too. I he no longer teaches here, but when I had uh, instructor when I where I am now working is where I studied theology, Aquinas Institute of Theology. Yeah. And one of my theology teachers is now the president of our our school up in uh, River Forest, uh, Fenwick High School. Oh, I know really that school. Excellent. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember when he's teaching theology, he he he. You mentioned the Nicene Creed. He said, you know, as we that we have to embrace all of that. You know, that's that's the real that's the real core of everything. Yeah. And if we can if we can agree on that creed, then the other stuff we can work we can work out. Absolutely. You know, if yeah. we start if we start from there, then we're per, we're on pretty good foundation. Absolutely. Go Absolutely. So, well, Ken, uh, God bless you. Great talking with Thank you. Thank you, Patrick. I would love to continue the conversation. Give yeah, we'll do, we'll do Carol. it. We'll definitely do it again. Okay. Take care. God bless. Nearly every day, it's common to see, read, or hear something about the end of the world, the apocalypse, or end times. Author and pastor Kenneth Baer's The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom zooms in and breaks down biblical prophecy as it relates to Jesus' imminent return and the coming seven-year period, including the Great Tribulation. Available in both paperback and Kindle versions. Get your copy on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble and select Christian bookstores. The title again is The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom. You can also find it listed by author Kenneth Baer. Get your copy today. Thank you for joining us on Prophecy Countdown with Pastor Ken Baer. Don't leave without first sharing the latest episode with your friends. Be sure to join us again for the latest updates on Prophecy Countdown.